welcome to another episode of Colony Drop. My name is Brian. My name is Isaac. And this is a podcast about the long-running anime series Mobile Suit Gundam. Where we talk about everything from the models to the manga to the anime to everything Gundam across the Earth sphere. What about the the outer space sphere? The outer planets beyond Earth? <laughs> Let's face it, no one ever goes to Jupiter. There's only been one war in Jupiter. <laughs> Except Big Papa Paptimus. We all know how that went. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Isaac? Today we're talking about models. Also oh, known as man. Gunpla. 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 <laughs> so, Isaac, what is Gunpla? Let me tell you what Gundam models are. Gundam models are Japanese designed and built. Well, maybe they're not built in actually Japan, but you know, you get my point. Actually, I'd say they are. Anyways, they're Gundam models, models of the mobile suits, the actual Gundams from all the different Gundam series. Sometimes you can even buy mobile armors and, you know, capital ships, things like that. Yeah, it's going to be a big spender. Kits. Yeah. Oh, why not? I'm going to go for it. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> it's just the whole modeling world of Gundam. That's right. So Gundam models are sometimes referred to as Gunpla. Uh, so that is a portmanteau of Gundam and plastic. So gun and pla, you get Gunpla. Similar to like Plamo for plastic models. You, you might see that somewhere else. Yeah. I've read different accounts of how this term arose Wikipedia says that Bandai coined it in like the 2000s, but then hmm. everywhere else I read says that Japanese people were just saying that when the first models came out. So I don't really know, but I guess it'd be easy to figure out if there's anyone out there who was building these models back in the 1980s. Were you calling them? <laughs> were you calling them Gunpla back then in Japan? You know, let us know. I I, I feel like that uh, if it's wrong in Wikipedia, someone should go fix it. I'm gonna side with the Japanese people on this. <laughs> <laughs> this this wasn't thought of in some you know corporate marketing meeting. This 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 came from the community. That was the shorthand version on whatever early '90s internet they were using to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they just they went with it. So before we get started, uh, I looked up some history about cool. Gunpla, and I think it's actually pretty interesting. Let me set the stage here. So Mobile Suit Gundam finished airing in January of 1980, and it basically got canceled due to low ratings, and that might seem weird looking back today given that it has spawned 40 other filmed uh, filmed works yeah, yeah in a global empire of models but back in the day it was the first what's known as real robot show that had a militaristic take on robots where it's human versus human and that you know they're fighting a an actual war with political intrigue and you know revenge and etc cetera, etc cetera. so normally what was popular at the time was what were called super robot shows these are shows like Getter Robo or uh, Mazinger, or I guess a modern example would be something more like Tengen, Tapa, Gurren Lagann, if anyone's watched that show. So that's where, you know, like the character gets in the, the robot and they scream really loud and they say the name of their attack. Kind of like Dragon Ball, but in a robot. So that, that was what was popular at the time. So that was what people wanted to watch. And this sort of real robot take didn't really do well with the ratings. And you can tell because it ended at 43 episodes, which is a weird episode count, right? Usually you'd expect 50-52 or, or some multiple of 13. But we got 43 because they canceled it around, I think, 39. And then they squeaked out a few extra episodes to finish the show. But that's important because since the show ended due to low ratings, Bandai was able to buy the rights to make new models of suits from the show from one of their toy sponsors, I believe it. Their name was Clover. And Clover was the company making die-cast metal toys slash models for the show at the time. But after the show ended, 
you know, Clover must have figured, well, it got canceled and we're kind of moving on. If they want to pay me for the rights to make models to the show or toys to the show, then sure, that, that's kind of free money, right? I mean, why do you need to keep the rights to a, a canceled show? But the, the important thing to know is that die-cast metal toys or models was, was what was popular at the time. Bandai bought the rights to, to make you know Gundam models, but they made theirs out of plastic. And you know what Wise. you can sell? A, <laughs> yes. And you, and you know why? Because you can sell plastic for a lot cheaper than you can sell die-cast metal. God, yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing also, just based on the economies of a, of a global business, shipping will be much cheaper because of the weight <laughs> that's right yeah god can you imagine putting together a model made out of die cast <laughs> how does it stay up it must have some type of really rigid frame or a mount or something right how would it work i mean i i would suspect yeah you'd probably have difficulty standing it up or at least you'd have to have more dense metal towards the bottom at least so that it would sort of have a <laughs> You know, a center of, of gravity, like a low center of gravity, yeah, so that it stays up. Exactly, though. You're, you're probably right. The engineering of this almost makes it sound like it was a terrible idea on paper <laughs> before they even mass-produced them die-cast. But sorry, please continue. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure exactly who decided to make them out of plastic. Interestingly, that was this, 1980 was the same year that the um, president of Bandai handed it over to, I think, his son. So I'm not sure if it was like that guy's idea or the son's idea. I couldn't find anywhere that would definitively say. Um, but either way, <laughs> super great decision because as of 2015, and this is pretty out of date, this is 2015, over 450 million Gunpla kits have been sold. Wow. That's goodness. That's so, larger than the population of many countries. Dare I yes. say most countries. You could give a Gunpla to every American and then still have some left over. <laughs> that's that's how you bring peace to the world. You just spread Gunpla. A Gunpla for everyone. We're going to reach a billion <laughs> before the end of this century, folks. Watch. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I wonder what that number is up to now. That's an old number of 2015. So, but We'll find out when we get a representative on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, Bandai. <laughs> for the Bandai right interview. The Bandai interview. We're waiting. So. <laughs> We got a lot of questions. Yeah. And you're the only person who has answers. <laughs> so once Bandai buys this license or right, I guess rights probably from, from Clover to build these kits, they release the first model in July of 1980. And the first thing they release is a, a 1 by 144th scale RX-78 as well as a 1 by 100 scale. The 144th scale was about 300 yen or $3.00. Well, today it's about $3. I don't know what that would have been back then. Anyway, for about 3 bucks, um, pretty cheap. The 100 scale was 7 bucks or, or 700 yen. You know, these are the first ones, so they're not similar to the ones that we have today, obviously. They, they didn't have as much articulation, meaning of course the arms and the legs didn't really move that much. You know, elbows, knees probably didn't bend too much. Not a lot of detail. I think they were only molded in three different colors, and they definitely required glue and paint. Wait, wait, wait. So back in the day, there's no snapping. That's it's right. There's no snapping. Glue. Wow. Yeah. Well, they hadn't figured God. out snapping yet. God help you if you make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess they were only three bucks, so. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure how that translates into yen back in the day. <laughs> that might have been like a, a like high school students, like six months of savings. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that was back in 1980. And then as the 80s moved on, First, they released all the suits from the, the original show, and then they started a line for mobile suit variations. So they started making you know things that weren't in the show but were slightly different based on basically just art books, I think, MSV. Okay. 
you know, things like the the GM cannon, you know, it had like a cannon on the shoulder. And then basically Gunpla sort of reinvigorated the Gundam franchise. People loved it, made a ton of money. And that's, you know, b- because it was popular again, we got Zeta Gundam and Double Zeta and Charge Counterattack. And so it was through the 80s is when we get more towards what Gunpla looks like now. That's when they started molding things in multiple colors. They introduced what now we call polycaps, which which are like the soft gray plastic that's used for the joints. So that way it enables more of the snap together. You don't really need to glue things anymore. And you can move around, you know. I believe by the last line of models for Charge Counterattack, there was no glue needed. And that's kind of where we're at today. Because I think that's a pretty big selling point, right, for Gunpla? You don't need glue. Like, you can advertise that. I feel like it might be maybe the only type of models that I know of where it's known that you don't really need glue. Every models of fighter jets from, uh, you know, last century or whatever, or airplanes from World War II, submarines, tanks, all that stuff. I think it's assumed you're going to need some glue. That's for like hardcore modeling fans almost. Gundam, you just buy it and you can set it up the same day, more or less. Yeah, I feel like when people in America think of building a model, they think of sitting down with their dad building this really old looking either car yeah. or <laughs> fighter jet and the having to use glass. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> using tweezers to like glue things together oh, God. and and for Gundam that's just not the case at all so no. but we didn't get to that point until you know 88 or 1990 or so and i mean wow. the, i shouldn't say we would get to that point but the the people in Japan wouldn't get that point because i don't think there were many uh, if any Gundam models over here I'm curious to like see what those early models look like, completed by buyers, not the, <laughs> comp- not the company designers, yeah. completed by buyers. And I'd be very curious to hear what fans at the time that built them back in the day, you know, the 70s or 80s, whatever <laughs> that was. I'd be very curious to hear what they had to say about the actual process of gluing a, a Gundam model together. <laughs> I mean, they probably wouldn't have known any different. Right. If, if that's kind of what was available. Um, so I'm sure they enjoyed it. But yeah, I have seen a few of them. They do have them at the Gundam base in uh, in Tokyo. Now, again, those are the, you know, put together by someone who knows what they're doing. So it's not quite what you're looking for. I think you want the you want the amateur build, you know, the authentic yeah. That's like the, the company mechanic, like saying, oh, the, you know, this, these cars are so easy to take care of. <laughs> it's like, wait, 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 you're just assuming that the customer that just bought the car and drove it off has your knowledge. It's, it's much different in the real yeah. world. Yeah, exactly. There might be some detractors of Gunplow saying it's it's a very corporate thing. It's, it's a way to sell toys. And, and yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much true. <laughs> you're right, but they're pretty but, awesome toys. But they're pretty awesome. And guess what? I don't think we'd really have Gundam as we know it today without the decision to make Gunplow. So you can't have one without the other. I mean, you got to pay the bills. So if Gunplow pays the bills, I'm all for it. You can't have heads without tails. They're two sides <laughs> of the same coin, Brian. I'll spend that coin on Gunplow. We're going to flip that coin. And, Because uh, <laughs> that's all you see when you're running away. <laughs> Spoilers. It never, it never comes up, Tails. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so why don't we talk about scale? Let's do it. So Gunplow, Gundam models, and mobile suit models are available in different scales. So with scales, let's start from smallest to largest. So the smallest scale is 144th scale. This is about five to six inches or so. Personally, Isaac and I live more at the next size up, which is the 100th scale. (laughs) That first 144th scale seems a little wimpy to me next to other action figures. I I don't know. What What do you think, Isaac? You know what? 
I have to say this. It's maybe not the scale that experienced uh, builders go for or even big fans of the uh, of Gundam go for. But if you're maybe new to Gundam, maybe you want to dip your feet into um, model building, and sorry to get ahead of us, us, Brian, a little bit, that we are, we are going to talk about, you know, beginner advice and stuff. I feel that like the high grade is the best choice, 144 scale. It's not that intimidating of a size, and even though it might be smaller than some of the bigger scales, you can still get a lot of fun putting it together, and after that's done, you can just customize it, paint it, and go to town on it. If anything, you'd be done faster because it's smaller. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. The 144 scale is definitely the best entry point for sure. And it also, yeah. because it's smaller, uh, you know, Bandai can make more variety at the 144 scale. Pump so them you, out. <laughs> yeah. So you'll have the widest variety at that scale. You'll, you'll get the most different suits across all the all the universes at that scale. Pop quiz, Brian's. Do you have a 1144 scale or have you at one point in the past? I'm going to guess uh, yes. Yes. Originally, when I first got into Gundam, that was really all Walmart had was 144 scale. Of course. So that <laughs> I bought the entire Wing Gundam assortment. Oh, my or, God. Or, or Gundam Wing assortment in 144 scale. <laughs> wait, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> By entire Gundam Wing assortment, do you mean you purchased every one of that boy band's mobile suit Gundam? <laughs> well, I had, I had all five. So. Oh, wow. Not I can never find like tall geese or oh. or like Epion or whatever, but I did have you know Wing, Ultron, Death Scythe, Hell, Sandrock. You know what? Actually, I don't think I had Sandrock. Oh. I might have had tall geese instead. I don't think I had heavy arms either. Man, find... <laughs> yeah. so maybe I only had three, three or four. You missed out on the Oz mobile suits. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get any yeah. Leos Oops. or <laughs> those useless they mobile suits. <laughs> they didn't have any of those. It wasn't my oh. fault. This is the best entry point because they're cheap enough that you won't mind if you screw up and oh, there's yeah. the most variety. Let's just call it what it is. It's a diet model, right? <laughs> it's the training wheels of models. It's it's hard to mess it up because there's not that many parts. You're, you're no disrespect to fans of the 1144 scale, but you're essentially putting together an action figure. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, it'll be yeah. if you collect something like Marvel Legends or some of the DC figures or the Star Wars Black series, it'll be about the size of one of those figures. Yeah. Do you know what? If you've never put together a gun a model, a mobile suit model. Please do a high grade one one forty four scale. We have to crawl before we walk and before we run. This is your crawling phase. Um, I think I'll have a lot of fun doing it. I had one one forty four scales, high grades. I really enjoyed putting them together. I had an Epion, Mercurius, and a Dom Tropin. Yeah. Oh, quite the assortment. One of those is not like the other two. <laughs> <laughs> Some were gifts. Some were like, what was this? <laughs> and of course, the Dom Tropin was my own purchase. When I Cl- clearly. What I wanted. <laughs> Some taste was asserted. Yeah, I was like, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> uh, the next scale up is the 1-100 scale. Uh, so these are roughly seven inches to maybe... They're going to get a little bigger depending on the suit, right? Because it's a scale. So some suits are larger than others. So it could range from Mm -hmm. seven inches to maybe 12 inches, depending on what kind of suit you're buying. You know, are you buying a full armor double Zeta Gundam? That's going to be pretty big. But if you're buying a a gun tank or a GM, then it'll probably be closer to seven inches. (laughs) God help anybody that buys a gun tank master grade. You should have spent your money on something. (laughs) What a terrible purchase. (laughs) 
You know what? They just yeah. needed to complete that Operation V Trinity there. You, you need your Gundam, your gun tank, and your gun cannon. No. All right, all right. You got me there. You got me there, but man. <laughs> Add a comment if you're a gun tank fan. If that's your favorite mobile suit, tell me why in the comments. And it better not be a sentence. I want like three paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, we want details. <laughs> Gun tanks. Oh. So we'll get into why we like 1100 scale the most a uh, little bit sure. when we get to grades. But the, the next scale up is normally the biggest scale. This would be uh, the 160th scale. Um, so this is going to be closer to 12 inches, maybe a little higher again, depending on oh, what Lord. kind of suit you're building. Uh, and this, and, and we'll, we'll talk about grades in a minute, but this is really only associated with sort of the, the most expensive and the highest quality of grades. There are a few other scales. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this one, Isaac. There is one that's a 148th scale. There's Ooh. a there's a really big RX-78. I think it's like 15 inches or so, which is pretty oh funny. I think God. they call it like mega size, jumbo size or something like that. That'd be pretty interesting to see it built. I think I might have seen it at the Gundam base when I was there, but... Can I ask, at that scale, is the height matched by the complexity? Or is it more just they wanted something that scale, but it's still relatively simple to put together? The price is well below a perfect grade. So I'm, I'm assuming wow. that it's not okay. quite as complicated, but I think at that point you're just going for sheer size. I think that's something that you put, you know, like if you own a comic book store, maybe you, you buy the, the 148th scale arc 78. Yeah, why not? Sure. Yeah. So there's that one. And there's also, did want to mention the SD Gundams. Those are a little bit smaller. I don't know if those ha- those really have a scale, but they're, they're tiny. Yeah, they're like three to four <laughs> inches, I'd say, right? Yeah, I um, think uh, the measurements I, I saw were eight centimeters. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah. These, these are literally befitting their name. They're little tiny ones that you could probably put together and if you have a desk job just put on your desk and we'll <laughs> keep you company <laughs> yes so that's probably what three inches or so so that makes sense I'll yeah like they're they're tiny um so yeah so there's scale and grade so we just covered scale so that's one thing that you need to consider what size model do i want and then you want to look at grade grade is going to tell you more like complexity although generally scale will sort of yeah. <laughs> scale will scale with grade <laughs> complexity will scale, hand- with scale as well but <laughs> y- you do want to look at grade as well grade is going to have a, probably the biggest impact on your price uh, as well so there possibly your enjoyment <laughs> <laughs> there are a variety of grades i'm just going to mention the most common ones there are some variants of these grades over the years but really the ones you really need to know are what's called no grade where it just doesn't have a grade on the box typically these are generally the lowest I'll say quality or the lowest complexity. Those come in both 144th scale and 100th scale. You're going to find no grade kits across the years for different series. So those ones, unless you're really getting this for a pretty young kid or you just think it looks cool and you, you've never had one before, you know, I, I probably stay away from no grade uh, kits in general. High grade kits are not that expensive and they're probably more worth your time. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe you have a child. <laughs> the yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if it's if it's for a yeah. kid, then yeah, I, I would mean, definitely get a, something simple. So a no grade kit would would definitely work. Yeah. No need to test his complexity or intelligence and get disappointed. <laughs> you want to make them like Gundam, not yeah. turn them away, right? Encourage your child. Get them a no grade. <laughs> Uh, the next grade up, which is probably the the most common grade, which, as we said earlier, is high grade. So this comes in both 144th scale and 1100th scale. The high grade kits were first released in 1990, 
And throughout the 90s, there were high-grade kits of sort of both scales for the most part, of 144th and 1 100th. And then I, th- I feel like after, after Seed, that kind of dwindled, and pretty much it's all 144th scale for the most part now. Mm-hmm. Um, so generally, if you see high-grade, you should probably assume that it's uh, 144th scale. Yeah, that's a safe bet. Starting in 1999... They came out with another high grade variant called High Grade UC, and they so they they spent ten years basically from 1999 to 2010. So they just redid all the UC suits from all the different UC series from First Gundam all the way through Victory uh, in, under this High Grade UC banner. And the suits were really high quality; they were all 144 scale. It was like a sort of a reboot of the High Grade line, and and for the most part, I think it's been pretty successful. So your Dom Troppen that you have is probably from this High Grade UC line, given probably when you bought it, and you know, given that it's a UC suit. Did you uh, enjoy your Dom Troppen, Isaac? <laughs> you know what? I loved how it, it. Okay, I got the the sand one, the desert custom. Oh, sorry. the desert one. Oh, okay. The desert variation. So it was like brown and like khaki colored, but I really liked it. The other ones I got were an Epion, uh, which yeah, sure. It was kind of the villain Gundam in Gundam Wing, but I'm not really <laughs> big on the. <laughs> number one, I didn't like Zex too much. Yeah. <laughs> and number two, I probably because he's just a Char. Yeah. And loyal to Daglin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really like the, just the colors and overall design. I know some people think the Epion was a great mobile suit, a great Gundam, and blah blah blah. But for me, it was it was very much a Gundam dressed up as a dragon. And then my other one was a uh, the Mercurius, which was also from Gundam Wing, and that was sort of like, oh God, it was like a sub boss <laughs> in that show. You, you, it was all about defense. V- visually, it's not very interesting. Okay, none of Oz's designs were interesting in that series, but we'll get there when we talk about Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> but um, getting back to your original question, good lord, I went off on a tangent. I didn't stop running. Uh, yes, <laughs> I enjoyed my Dom dropping. But see, so that that's interesting because your Dom was probably part of the high grade UC line, which is sort of the improved successor to the original high grade line. So your your wing kits are probably much older than your Dom kit and inferior. <laughs> and in general, just due to technology, the newer the kit that you buy, the better it's going to be. Yeah. And so, you know, Isaac experienced that firsthand, even though he has two kits labeled high grade, generally the one that's newer is going to be better. And you'll see that pretty much across all the grades. Yeah. Um, and also doms are awesome. So no matter <laughs> what scale or what grade they are, it's going to be fun anyways. <laughs> and it'll never fall down because those big feet. Oh, yeah. There's a one mobile suit designed not to fall over. <laughs> it'll be very stable on your desk. Even if it was uh, die cast, it would stay standing still. <laughs> <laughs> in 2010, they started branching this this high-grade UC line out to other timelines, and they just sort of renamed it as they went. So, for example, there are new versions of your Mercurius and your Epion under the high-grade AC line, so HGAC. So, you know, you can find a, a high-grade 144 scale line for basically every series. It's just called HG, and then usually whatever their timeline is called. And I will never buy another Gundam Epion <laughs> or a Mercurius ever again, no matter what grade it is. I apologize to the designers, but I'm just not interested in, in those models. <laughs> oh, so the only thing better at 144 scale than, than the high grade line is what's called real grade. Uh, these started in 2010, and they're basically a combination of like master grade and perfect grade technology, but at the 144th scale. They do have a lot of cool stuff in them. They have like a full inner skeleton 
so they are pretty neat, but you will pay a higher price for this. Um, so if 144 scale is the, is the scale you want to stick to and you want the best one possible, real grade is kind of where you get the top of the line. But again, given that it's top of the line, there's going to be less variety, right? So you're going to get all your lead suits, you know, your RX-78s and your um, there's probably a Zaku, you know, but I, I doubt there's a real great Dom, for example, for Isaac. So he's out of you luck on what? that one. I'm okay with that because we have plenty of them in Master Grade, and that's all I need. That's all I need. Master Grade is you're pretty much at the peak. Yeah, so if you want to move up from the 144 scale to the 100 scale, uh, Master Grade is, is kind of what Isaac and I have always felt was the best bang for your buck, best quality for the price and size of what you're getting. Also, um, so. skill-wise, you almost have to be a fanatic to go beyond Master Grade. <laughs> Right. I mean, how much time do you have in your life if you're playing together <laughs> grades higher than master grade? Master grade could be challenging enough, but we'll get to that. <laughs> master grade will will vary in difficulty. Some of the older ones are pretty frustrating. Um, some of the newer ones can be a little complicated, but they're not so complicated that they're impossible to put together. If you enjoy models, enjoy putting things together, you won't have a problem with master grade. I feel like that's kind of where you where you want to end up in your Gundam model journey is Master Grade. So Master Grades were first released in 1995, and they've kind of just steadily added to the line, you know, added more variety, suit after suit. Every month, I think they at least release one or two suits. And so if you imagine going back to 95, that's a lot of months, right? So it has quite the diversity now, and Master Grade is where the, the inner frame was first developed, first seen. So this is where you build the suit skeleton first, and then you kind of attach all the armor onto it. It makes your model a lot more stable. You can get your model in a much bigger variety of poses that way. You can kneel down, you know, it can some of them can stand on one leg. A lot more dynamic poses are possible. These will range anywhere from, you know, 20 bucks on sale at Amazon to 150 bucks if you buy a big one at a anime convention. So there's a huge range in price, but you can always expect the quality to be pretty good. What do you think about master grades, Isaac? Master grades are I feel like they're what I'd like to call the accessible cream of the crop. And by that, I mean they're more superior than the high grade. They're more superior than buying an action figure. They're complex and a challenge to put together. I don't know anybody who has like a walk in the park putting them together, right? They're, they're not a piece of cake, but they're still fun. And when you're all said and done, you have a good size model. It's not the size of a nightstand, but it's uh, it's bigger than an action figure, and it feels that way. And the amount of time you put into it, you really get rewarded at the end. So for me, almost all my purchases for a long time have been master grades, and I don't see that changing anytime soon because I don't want to advance to anything much more complex. Uh, complexity is maybe interesting as a challenge. I'd, I'd be happy to do it. Maybe we'll stream it or something. But man... I just think perfect grade would be, oh boy, that's that's quite the commitment. Yeah, I mean, if you advance beyond master grade, then you're going to definitely advance in price as well. So just throwing that yeah. out there. The, one other thing I want to mention at the 1-100 scale is there's another grade called Reborn 100, which is fairly new, came out in 2014. Uh, we mentioned this on, I think, one of the other podcasts, but this grade is for suits that are sort of too large or too weird or too obscure or they'd be just too costly to make a master grade of. So a good example of this is the Nightingale. And the reason for that is if it gets too big, the price at master grade is going to be so high because you have to build the inner frame first, which means you need more more plastic, more parts, 
And so for something like a Nightingale, which is enormous, the price on that at master grade level would be probably as much, if not more, than a perfect grade. Um, so think of this as like a high grade 100th scale. And then, of course, highest of all grades, Isaac, what is it? It is the perfect grade. And boy, do they mean perfect. <laughs> uh, this thing, oh God, the detail in its like internal skeleton would almost, as far as parts numbers, match a whole master grade, I think. Oh, man. It has the finest detail on the smallest of parts that you have to assemble and then put together. It's... It, <laughs> it's kind it's, of exhausting thinking about in a way yeah. because like yeah it, it, it's like assembling like a puzzle the size of a room or something right <laughs> i mean it's, that's the it's, only equivalent i could think of <laughs> yeah it, it's they're big and they're complicated and look if you want the biggest challenge perfect grade is where you want to go so the these first came out in 1998 and once you get them finished they are a, a true showpiece you know that's something that you put on the shelf for everyone to see because uh, it's going to look great, and you're going to be able to pose it pretty much any which way you want. Yeah. Now that said, if you want the top of the line, you know you are going to pay. You know they're going to be generally 200 bucks or more wherever you're buying your model. If you're going to buy it at a convention, it could be even more than that. And again, if you're someone who's looking for a variety, if you want to collect a bunch of different teams or a bunch of different, you know, suits from all your different favorite series. You know, you're probably not going to find that at the perfect grade. Um, there's only 19 kits, I believe, and there is some overlap in there. So, for example, there's a, a green Zaku, there's Char Zaku, there's, I think, two or three different uh, versions of the Strike Gundam in there. So you got 19, but you've really only got maybe 15 or less to choose from. And so you'll get your major, you know, your RX-78, your... Uh, Gundam Double O, your you know Strike Freedom, those kind of Gundams, but you're not gonna again, you know Isaac's not gonna get his Dom at at perfect grade. They're not gonna make one. So a tragedy of unspeakable yeah. proportions. <laughs> yeah, and these are one sixtieth scale. I don't remember if I said that, but um, so they are the biggest of all the scales, with the exception of that one big Arc seventy eight jumbo guy. If you're buying perfect grades left and right, let me tell you this. You should also be buying like stands and then glass cases left and right to go with each one because they're probably worth it if you put it together right, you know, you painted it and all that. But um man, goodness, perfect grades. That's it's both the holy grail and something you not necessarily need to uh pursue to enjoy Gundam <laughs> models, I think. <laughs> yeah. So in summary, Isaac and I's recommendation is if you're new Dip your toes in with the 144th scale at the high grade level. And for your everyday model building, master grade is where we feel that's the best bang for your buck. And that's where you want to be. Why don't we tell the listeners where they can buy Gundam models? Well, (laughs) there's this website. It's pretty new. It's called Amazon. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you have have a lot of options. Do you want (laughs) to... There, there is a, a big list of uh, retailers on Reddit, which um, you know you can you can all go check out and, and see what works best for you. What about brick and mortar though? What if, what if someone wants to get their hands on on a model kit first before buying it? They don't want to just you know select it off off Amazon because maybe they don't know what they're getting into, right? Yeah. Maybe they want to look at it. where. Where do you plan th- them? Yeah, where do you? Because th- you know we we both bought ours. Uh, brick and mortar stores that's how we saw them first right so where where yeah. can people find these do you have any suggestions okay there's a few suggestions in person 
and I sympathize with people that want to see it in person, right? Sometimes actually looking at the box sizes in person kind of you know, gives you a feel of, you know, how much time you have to put into it or how big actually the, the model that you want to put together is going to be. My number one most recent encounter with them is ironically Barnes & Noble, a bookstore. Um, for whatever reason, well, I know why, because they have like a whole manga anime section. Um, they had models there, so you can find them there. Your selection might be pretty limited, but it'll definitely be there. Also, stores where um, maybe there's comic books or anime, that type of uh, niche or boutiques type of uh, stores, they definitely would probably have a, have models. Um, there's a good chance they would at least. Beyond that, uh, hobby kit stores, I feel like, would have a, a good shot at having them. It's just an issue of you understanding that if you go to like a modeling store most of the time i'd imagine it's going to be for the more typical modeling fan somebody that's putting together a tank or a model of a car a fighter jet a ship something like that but there's a chance there could be gundam models there it's completely possible yeah there's a hobby shop by me which Mm -hmm. uh, like you like you speculated you know it generally specializes in aircraft and trains and stuff like that but they do actually stock some gundams now you know they're not going to have the rickdom master grade from you know (laughs) 2007 but they might have some of the more recent kits um so yeah definitely check your hobby shops definitely check your malls because there's a lot of like i think they're called tokyo japanese lifestyle stores now popping up in all the malls and they generally stock gundam kits usually a pretty big variety um there, there are other mall stores that will sometimes have gundam kits Another great place, if you're in an area that has comic or anime conventions, there will always be vendors at those conventions, you know, slinging their their (laughs) gunpla to you. And I should mention, if you are in Southern California, maybe a good place is the Frank and Sons Collectible Show, which happens every Wednesday and Saturday uh, in Walnut. You can always find a good selection of gunpla there. Absolutely. And unlike, say, purchasing a Gundam series on a disc like Blu-ray or DVD, there's not a whole lot of Gundam modeling counterfeiting, I feel. I haven't really encountered it myself, but just be aware. Maybe if you're on a, a shady website or some discount modeling website and they say they can give you the latest and greatest Gundam model master grade at such a, an insanely low price, it's okay to be a little bit skeptical. Yeah, I think what you're going to find is maybe that that could be more of a problem when you get to the online retailers. So, for example, on Amazon, our friend who who suggested that Emo Toby Maguire play uh, oh God. Garma, he bought a Easy 8 Master Grade off Amazon, and we sat down to build it. Uh, I was going to build, I think, GM Cannon or something. And we, so I start building mine, and he gets to, I think, maybe the second step and realizes that his kit is missing a whole runner, a whole sprue. And you can't build the model if you're missing the, the head and the torso. <laughs> so his day was kind of ruined. So that might happen if you buy from like a maybe a shady seller on Amazon or eBay. So just kind of kind of be careful. But generally, for U.S. retailers, they don't stock every kit. But Big Bad Toy Store, they're a legit retailer. For import sites, Hobby Link Japan, uh, Ami Ami, and Hobby Search are great. There are definitely others out there. Um, but I've used all of those four websites I just mentioned. I use them all the time. I can vouch for their intent. Buyer guarantee. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the them trust. Brian sent you. They'll be like, who the hell yeah. who the hell's Brian? Congratulations. You're the first recipient of the Colony <laughs> Drop Trust Award. 
yeah. What, do you have any other retailers that you suggest? I feel like it's a bit of a long shot to, to even think you'd encounter it in a Walmart nowadays. Don't hold your breath. It's possible, but unlikely. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen Gundam models in Walmart, Target, or... I mean, I guess Toys R Us is gone now, but I haven't seen yeah. Gundams there in was, a very long time. I was going to say, Toys R Us for a while, they definitely had a... Maybe not a large selection, but you'd know that there's a good chance that if you walked in, you'd be able to find some models. Yeah. Um, but now, no, it's all gone. Everything's <laughs> online. Everything's digital. Go look for them online. That's probably your best bet. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you don't get one like our, our poor friend who... Uh, <laughs> Got one with an entire sheet of parts missing. <laughs> he did. He did send it back. I, I guess unless you're buying from a legit retailer, just try to make sure that the box is still shrink wrapped. Yeah, but so even that could be faked. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Better chance, I guess. Zeon strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> Those crazy Zeons. They hijack right, well, the sheet of parts. <laughs> what What would you recommend for someone who's never built a Gundam model? Like, what What, what should their first kit be? Okay. Do you have any suggestions? Absolutely. I have maybe most important suggestion. Pick a Gundam model that you like. Don't pick one that's in the store that you ran into. Don't pick one that's on discount. Don't pick one that your friend said was easy to build. Pick the model, the Gundam, the mobile suit from whatever show, whatever series that you like. And buy that one because you're going to be so much more excited putting it together. If you hit a roadblock, you're going to be so much more excited to just go through that challenge. And at the end, you're going to be so happy that you did it. Is that what you did with your Dom? <laughs> that is precisely <laughs> what I did with my Dom. After the disappointment of that stupid Epion and the Mercurius. That's where they got him, everyone. They got him with that that Dom. I'll just, I'm going to have to like splice a video of like the Xeon <laughs> invading like the After Colony timeline and just destroying... Every one of those mobile suits and Gundams with, with the might of Xeon. <laughs> so my advice is pretty similar. I would say, like Isaac said, find your favorite mobile suit. And I would say get the high-grade 144th scale version of it. And kind of go wild with it. Don't don't worry about messing it up because you probably will, to be honest, if it's your first time. At that scale, at that price point, it'll give you a good idea of, okay, is this too complicated for me? Or do I want something more difficult? And... You know, if it's too difficult for you, then, you know, whatever, maybe it's not for you. You know, maybe you'd prefer something more akin to an action figure. And Gundam has plenty of those, too. And if you want something tougher, you know what? Go ahead and try to, like, paint that one. See what happens, you know, because if you want to get more into the master grade and start making it look really cool, try painting it just to see if you like painting things. Then you'll know, OK, do I like painting or do I not like painting my kits? And, and yeah, if you, if you want something tougher, you know what? Step up to the master grade and welcome to the master grade life because, you know, that's that's where we want to be. I will give a very specific recommendation. If you listen to our top five mobile suits of the One Year War podcast last week or a few weeks ago, I did mention that my favorite uh, of the One Year War is the GM Sniper 2 in the white dingo colors. And that is a what's called a premium Bandai exclusive uh, master grade kit. And it is actually available for pre-order uh, right now on the premium bandai english store page for only 40 or 45 dollars which is a really good price for such an exclusive kit that you used to have to import i think like at least last year yeah sounds pretty good okay so what if someone has they've gone out they've taken your advice they they went to the store or they went online and they bought their high grade uc dom tropin now they get home and they say oh what do i need to build this thing do you have any suggestions for what they should buy before they dive in 
Okay, that really comes down to what type of model building are you trying to do? Are you going to try to paint it? And if you are going to try to paint it, are you going to maybe feel more comfortable with a brush? I wouldn't recommend a brush because it leaves marks when you paint. Or are you going to want to go the uh, the airbrush way where there won't be any marks at all? So you might need either an airbrush, um, some paint, and an air canister if you're going to go that route and actually paint it. They also sell some sort of putty that when you're assembling the plastic model, there are going to occasionally be some gaps, some not-so-fine edges to it. The putty can really help smooth that out and make it look like a solid piece that wasn't just snapped together. What also helps is an X-Acto knife that can really trim off a lot of the plastic parts that sort of snapped off and left maybe little jagged edges to them. Outside of that, that's really all you need, I feel there's no glue involved unless you're somebody that really wants your parts secure for some reason, but that's not necessarily a problem you're going to encounter because these models are just so well designed. Do you have any purchasing besides the, the model you suggest before a person mm. puts it together? I think like you said, it depends on you know how deep do you want to dive yeah. down this rabbit hole, right? So one thing that I really like, uh, they're called sprue cutters or nippers. They are kind of pricey, but you can find them at, at hobby shops. Uh, they help you cut the piece off of the sprue. And instead of leaving uh, like a nub of plastic where you cut it, it, it allows you to cut it flat or like flush against the piece. Um, so that saves a lot of time. Uh, you don't have to shave it off um, if you cut well enough. Definitely, like you said, recommend an X-Acto knife. Those are great for just a variety of purposes. Definitely, if you can get one of those ones that have like multiple interchangeable blades, those are super useful as well. I like to have a cutting mat. Uh, it's like that material where you know you can cut on it and it doesn't go through. It kind of just heals itself. And if your kit has decals, uh, which you're going to get at the master grade level for sure, tweezers are sometimes helpful to hold those things because sometimes they are really tiny and you might lose them, so be careful. <laughs> um, but realistically, you can build the kit and put it together without painting it with just the tools that you have at home. You don't have to buy anything. So if it's your first one, I would just put it together with whatever you have at home and then decide afterwards, like, do I want to buy any of these other optional things? Like, no one needs sprue cutters, but if you're going to build a lot of models, it might be cool to invest in some. On the paint topic, yeah, I definitely want to reiterate that you don't have to paint your models to make them look decent. You have to paint your models if you want them to look excellent, right? So if you want them to look like the, the picture, you might need to do a little bit of painting. My personal favorite way of painting is just buying uh, spray paint. Um, so spray, they make like model spray paint. Uh, there's a Japanese brand that's really good, uh, Tamiya. Um, you can use testers if you want. <clears throat> that's definitely a more USA brand. One thing I highly recommend that if you're going to paint your model, that you need to, after you're done painting it, you need to give it a, t- a clear top coat. So if you want your model to be shiny, you get the normal top coat. I think it's either just labeled normal or shiny. But if you want it to have a dull, more militaristic look, uh, which is what the more professional models would probably choose, you definitely want the matte top coat or a dull top coat. Uh, it makes it sort of not shiny and look more like it's in a war. What, what's your opinion on Gundam markers, Isaac? You ever use Gundam markers? Well, what do you mean by Gundam markers? Oh, maybe you've never used them. They're the Gundam paint pens. No. Oh, literally markers. I thought you meant markers as in like some type oh, of no, no, no. external attachment or something. Like <laughs> no, arm, no. leg, <laughs> mono-eye. <laughs> no, I've, I've never used a marker on a model. I've only painted and um, kept them as is. I'm guessing the marker is just fine-tipped so that you can color in a lot of those 
sort of grooved areas that they have like lines, right? Like maybe like vents or something like that. Just give them a bit more life to make them pop. Yeah, they sell gun what are called Gundam markers. They come in various colors and in various tip sizes. So probably the most common one that everyone uses is just I think it's just the Gundam marker number one. It has a, it's a fine black tip and it's used for panel lining. So like you said, you just go through the. It's probably more common on the older kits now, but um, there used to be a lot of panel grooves, and if you put some black paint in there, it really made it sort of stand out. So those are, those are popular. Those can get kind of expensive though. So a little bit of warning there. You definitely don't need them, but they're kind of fun to try once or twice. Uh, Isaac brought up the airbrush. I definitely wouldn't recommend an airbrush if it's your first time. Those things, if you don't know what you're doing, can create a mess in a hurry. (laughs) Yeah, and they also get kind of complex as far as the different settings and nozzle heads. And then even from there, like the angle you're spraying at. So it's it's a bit of an uphill battle at first, but um, there's a learning curve to it. But I think it's something that would definitely make painting easier compared to maybe the normal painting you're used to if you're somebody that's experienced with brushes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brushes is pretty difficult. Definitely. You know, if you are going to paint, make sure you follow basic painting safety, paint outside, even though it's a small model, don't try <laughs> to paint it inside. You will inhale the fumes. Oh, uh, delicious not, fumes. <laughs> not they make the idea. models dance. <laughs> you will get paint everywhere. If you decide to paint your model, the reason why you'd want to paint your model is, for example, sometimes models come with stickers and decals. The decals are those cool like emblems or like danger warning signs that go on your suit. The decals are fine. I definitely like the decals and they look good. Some of the stickers, though, sometimes I think for the most part, the stickers don't look too great. By stickers, I mean, for example, if the underside of a thruster is supposed to be yellow, or maybe there's just like a, a stripe across the suit. And instead of molding it in that color, they, they gave you a sticker. Well, sometimes the stickers, after you put it on, it can be pretty metallic and it looks kind of, I don't know, tacky. So if you're looking to yeah. yeah, if you're looking to paint your suit, I feel like the first thing you want to paint is those areas where the stickers should be going. What do you what do you think about that, Isaac? I completely agree. I mean, if you're putting it together and you're just happy with how it looks and you're okay with the stickers, great. Mission accomplished. But, man, sometimes those stickers just have, like, a shininess to them that pulls away from the model, right? It, it looks like they just don't fit. Especially if you're looking, you know, for example, Isaac here. He clearly loves his Dom, his his uh, his Dom <laughs> and He clearly loves his desert environment. You know, if his Dom Troppen is out there, right, do you say skirting around? Zooming okay. around. We zoom. <laughs> we zoom, we zoom okay. and we hover. <laughs> so if his, if his Dom Troppen is out there hovering and zoomering uh, <laughs> um, around this desert... It's not going to have this yellow metallic sticker going down the front of it. it. It just would look super out of place. So if you paint it, it looks a little bit more even with the rest of the color scheme. Yeah. There's no beating paint, people. All right? Just just get it done. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing beats painting your model. Even like the areas that are the same color, like say the body of your mobile suit's red, it'll look better even if you go over that red. I mean, it won't necessarily look miles better, but... Well, the point I'm saying is that a painted model looks better than an unpainted model any day of the week. But, but, oh, but let me just remind you and warn you, it needs to be painted properly, okay? Sometimes if you paint a model improperly, it does look a bit ugly. (laughs) You can can ruin what you've created. You've been warned. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, so so Isaac's right. Painted is always going to look better. When you buy a Master Grade and you look at the, the shots on the side of the box, 
that's not what it looks like if you just put it together. That one on the side of the box has been painted by someone at Bandai who paints models for a living, and it looks really good. So if you really want to go through the whole process, there are a lot of different model Gunpla model painting guides that you can check out. There's some on Reddit. There's some on. There's a good website, Gunpla 101, that is laid out very nicely for beginners. But the whole process from top to bottom would be you need to build your suit. You need to prime it. So you basically paint the whole suit with a primer and then paint over the primer coat with whatever different colors you want on each piece. And this usually involves you creating this some sort of setup outside where you can have the, the pieces that you're painting on these kind of sticks or holding them up somehow uh, so you can preferably spray them somehow with either spray paint or airbrush. And then after you're done with the painting, you would panel line if necessary and then put that top coat on, uh, like I said before. And that top coat is key because it not only does it give it a good even finish across the suit, doles it out a bit, but it also seals all those decals. And if you put, you know, have any stickers on there, it seals them under a layer of paint so they won't peel off. So that's sort of the, the ultimate full experience You know, once you get a little bit more into this. That'd be the... I don't know. What would you call that, Isaac? The full Monty? It would be the, the creme de la creme. It'd be yeah. the piece de resistance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Isaac, we've said multiple times now that our favorite is the Master Grade. Where do you want the Master Grade line to go? Or I guess where do you want Gundam models in general to go? Where, where do you hope to see out of Gundam models in the near future? Okay. So... We know that some of the models now, at this point, have LED lights in them, right? Some of them do, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the next level is, and this will be pricey, at least initially, but technology, all things drop in price over time. The next level, (laughs) I feel like, is incorporating a level of maybe minimal bare pre-programmed robotics so that we could see them doing poses and, and articulated movement on their own. And in all likelihood, controlled by your smartphone, I feel like that's something that is completely within the realm of possibilities in the near future. So you basically want build fighters to be, you know, real life. <laughs> they can't fight because <laughs> build fighters, there's no way we can, you know, give them propellant so that they can use their vernier thrusters and fight and use range weapons. But yes, to the extent that I want them to move, yeah, I think that's completely possible. It's an interesting idea, and I definitely see that happening. I hadn't thought about that before, but a lot of kids now in school learn about robotics at an early age. So as those kids get a little bit older, I think that's definitely something that I'm sure Bandai is already thinking about, or if they're not, someone over there is going to bring up that idea pretty soon. Why not? We just did. We'll... Yeah, Bandai, contact us. <laughs> Again, Be the... we're, yeah. we're, we're here. We're waiting. Yes, we're, we're your loyal <laughs> fans. I, my only ask is that in the first production line, we include the Doms as one of the models. <laughs> the Zaku's old news. The, the Dom needs its due. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Brian? Uh, what do you see in the future for uh, for Gunpla? Um, I, I didn't have quite the the philosophical take take on it as you do, <laughs> but um, I would like a Master Grade Juagu so that I could buy one <laughs> for you for Christmas. I would like some some newer Master Grades, so maybe some of the older Master Grade suits, like the one of your favorite Gundams, the, the GPO two. Uh yeah. Which for the uh, for the uninformed listener, I'm I'm told it's a notoriously not not the best model. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty floppy. I think yeah. I, it, kind of what we brought up earlier. 
as your model increases, certain stability issues may arise, right? So if you have this huge bazooka mounted onto this little polycap joint on the shoulder, it's unlikely that that shoulder will be able to hold the bazooka for a very long period of time. It will fall down at some point. Um, So you end up with a limp GPO (laughs) 2 Let me just defend the designers for a second, if I could. In defense of the designers of this model, not only is the GP2 maybe the most Gundam model that doesn't look like almost any other Gundam model, it looks like a villainous Gundam, it's also just, yeah, like you said, Brian, it's just such a, a warped, bizarre proportions to it. it. Just the weight of it, its feet size, its head size, the shield and the bazooka. It was a lot to ask from <laughs> the design team, I think. And uh, yeah. they did their best. And I'm not surprised there's not a more updated version just because even in 0083, it had a big role, but it's not necessarily a fan favorite, I think. I'd also like some master grades of maybe some side story suits. I think those are always just interesting. Now, maybe those would be more fitting for that re-100th grade that we talked about, given that maybe audience would be limited. But there's a lot of cool suits in side stories um, that I think deserve kits. Like your white dingoes. <laughs> the white, yes, like the white dingoes. Crikey, here we got the Cry- white dingoes. <laughs> They're chasing the Z on all over Sydney. <laughs> Man, I should read <laughs> from now on. Whenever we talk about the white dingo team, we have to do it in Australian accents. It's the white dingo, <laughs> the white dingo version. Even Crikey! The, even in the episode, the Zeons take on like the accent. <laughs> Crikey, they're right on our tail. <laughs> I, I want. Uh, I need a custom decal that says Crikey to put on the shield of my GM sniper too. <laughs> I can see the Z- I can see the Federation pilots doing that. They had a good sense of humor. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What else do I want? I, so, you know, with Hathaway's Flash finally coming out, Ooh. I definitely want to see Master Grade Penelope's and oh, uh, and Cassie uh, <laughs> Gundams. Those are going to be enormous and they're going to be super expensive, but they're going to be so cool. They better come with a stand because <laughs> the proportions of those Gundams just—I don't see how they can stand well on their own two feet. Yeah, maybe they can add in some diecast feet to give it some stability. Plastic like little tripods that hold those, those <laughs> massive shoulders or the cape, whatever that is. <laughs> yes, and I'd also like maybe just some weapon packs. Like I could just buy like a set of weapons, like a like yeah. a assortment of weapons from like you know I don't I don't have any extra heat hawks or something, but I I would like to you know <laughs> disperse them uh, amongst my mobile suits. So I just I think that'd be cool. How many Xeon mobile suits do you need to assign and equip heat hawks? I don't know, but like, for example, what if you lose a heat hawk? You know, sometimes you can displace. <laughs> you got to <laughs> put the bazooka in the Zaku's hand now. Or That's something. true. I don't know. I think weapon packs would be cool. I'd also like more decal options. So there's this cool um, guy who's been making decals for a long time, Samuel Decal. I remember buying random decals for some for like a zeta plus master grade is that his last name <laughs> no I, I i highly doubt his last name is decal but it would be Samuel super decal. cool if it was yeah um, come from a long he, line of decal <laughs> makers <laughs> but he, he has a website uh, that you can go to and buy some some decals that he's made for the uh different suits if you find the included decals maybe a little uh lacking <laughs> he can come. On, he can come on the podcast and tell us how his family, uh, how his family's been, been putting decals out since uh, <laughs> since they came here from Ellis Island. 
<laughs> I really hope that's his life story. <laughs> we got we got to the we got to Ellis Island, and all we kept saying over and over again was decal, and they told us, <laughs> "All right, the last name's decal." <laughs> they sent us to New York. <laughs> the last the last thing I wanted to mention was you'll you'll remember this, Isaac. Back when uh, Gundam models first came to America, they they instituted this level gimmick. Oh every, God! Every. <laughs> Every suit had, quote, a level. So if it was a, you know, a non-complicated 144th scale, it would be level one or something. And then one of the more complicated master grades, for example, the the GP02 master grade, that would have been a level five, right? Um, I'm pretty sure it went up to five. I don't remember how high the the scale went. But anyway, there was some sort of leveling system. (laughs) And I'm not saying I want the leveling system back. But what I do want back is... They had this program where if you cut out, I think it was the UPC code on your model uh, box and sent it in, they would send you a pin depending on like the number of kits that you had built at a certain level or something like that. So if it was, you know, if you built a level five uh, kit and you sent it in, they would they would send you a pin. And I'm not saying they they need to bring back the leveling thing. I would just like to see more fan engagement maybe some sort of rewards program <laughs> where you can log all your all your builds i don't know i think it'd be fun to, to interact with the community a bit it'd be interesting too but i don't know i feel like nowadays the it would it would take a technological level it would almost be like people scanning like the the code on the box or something oh, like that oh yeah right? I'm, to- I'm totally fine with that yeah, yeah. yeah i'm not <laughs> saying we need, we definitely don't need to mail in the upc code absolutely all right, not all right you kids i need you to go to your gundam cereal box and cut off the top <laughs> mail in the top of your cereal box <laughs> no for you know sure what? scanning a code would be way easier I'm all for that yeah. there'll be the QC code on there and then they'll just be able to scan it hang on I think I found the Gundam commercial <laughs> let me play this for the <laughs> for the fans let's see if it works we'll splice it into the show because I don't think I can get it to play no <laughs> all right <laughs> Which commercial is it? Gundam level five, and then oh yeah, 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 the Gundam Wing one, the Gundam Wing commercial. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I know the one you're talking about. Level five Gundam, seventeen hours. Level four, three days. Five levels. Level three, two hours a night, up to one hundred forty parts. Level one. Gundam, one hour. Near endless articulation. Level five, ten hours. Gundam, what's your level of commitment? Level five. <gasps> Gundam, level two. Sandrock. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I remember that. So Isaac, what uh, what models do you own? We've talked a big talk. Tell tell everyone what you own. I am honored and privileged to own a. <laughs> It's a dom, but it's Dozel's custom dom. So it's got that cool Xeon gold trim on it. It's got spikes because it's Dozel and he would have spikes. And it's got this huge, huge battle axe that's like taller than the mobile suit. So that's pretty awesome. Um, like I mentioned, I've got the dom Tropin high grade. And the uh, the other two high grades are my Epion and my Mercurius. Um, I also got a double Zeta, full armor. Oh, God. That's a beast. And I also have a Gelgoog high grade and a Zaku high grade. Is your Gelgoog high grade or master grade? Oh, I'm sorry. It's master, master grade, grade, right? It's a master grade. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. We assembled it together, which I encourage any listeners to do. Putting together models is pretty fun. 
yeah, it's, it, you, yeah, you can definitely make it a group activity for sure. Yeah, you can even you know make it a competition in a way. Like just get a few of your friends, you all made the same house, put together the models, whoever had the better one wins. <laughs> whoever doesn't break theirs wins. Yeah, whoever doesn't throw theirs at the wall and then leave. <laughs> How about Let's you, see. Brian? What do you got in your uh, your inventory? What's in the oh, hangar bay over there at the white base? I have a lot that are built and just waiting to be painted. I have a full 8th MS team. So I have the EZ8 and two RX-79s. I need, somehow I need to get a gym head for one of those. Yeah. I got these because they were on sale for like $5 each on Amazon one day. And it was oh my great. God. They, yeah, they must have had like excess inventory or something. Uh, super, super great deal. Maybe not $5, but you know $10 each or something, which is super, super good for Master Grade. I have the GM Sniper 2 White Dingo version, of course. I have three or four Gelgoogs, which, uh, and I, the reason I have that many is because, as I mentioned uh, last time, one of my goals is to customize all these Gelgoogs in so I can have a little Chimera Core section for the different members of the, of the Chimera Core. So, like Johnny Ryden, Uma Lightning, and, uh, you know, there's a few others in there. And then, probably the thing that I like the most besides my Gelgoogs is I have the uh, Zeta Gundam Master Grade version 2 as well as the three colored Zetas so the, the red, the gold, and the white one so um, we, we talked about this when we talked about the Gundam Evolve short the three Zetas so Amuro, Shin Matsunaga and the other new type girl which I forget her name Yuji I think I think I have a few others but those are the main ones I'm, I'm looking to complete in the next you know year or so anything well let's okay Putting those models aside, do you envision any type of like big project or like a goal project that's sort of in the distant future? For my models or modeling in general? Your models. Your thing, something you tackle that you would want to tackle. No limits. Mm-hmm. No limits. Um, one thing that would be cool would be creating some sort of diorama to display these things in. Nice. Um, you don't want to just have them all in a row, right? It would it would be cool to put some of them in some more dynamic situations, maybe some battle scenes or something like that. That obviously requires a lot of space, a lot of dedicated space, which maybe I don't have at the moment. But I don't know. I think that'd be that'd be kind of neat once I had the final resting place for these models. Nice. Yeah. What any like ideas? What it would be? Would you be like making an asteroid that's in space, or that they're on the surface of an asteroid? Would it be a ruined city? Anything like that? Do you know? So for for a suit that has like funnels, I would definitely want to try to get one of those stands that you know you can uh, you can pose each individual funnel, which is pretty neat. For the Chimera Core display, I was hoping to like get a Chimera Core. Like I'm picturing one shelf that's just all the Chimera Core, and you know maybe with like a big Chimera Core logo in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be kind of neat, and then I would you know try to pick poses or something uh, from from each of the various side stories that their suits are featured in uh, to pose them in. I think that Chimera Core project is is the big thing for me because it's going to require a lot of painting in, in various weird colors. So that'll yeah, be a process a for sure. It's a lot of painting. You know, because all these ace pilots, they don't just... It's not like their suit is just one color, right? It's There's there's, there's quite a few colors to go around and I have Unless to repaint the whole model. So, <laughs> yeah, well. What about you? What what are your goals? Oh, Brian, where to start? Okay. <laughs> All right. Number one at the top of my list, not the top of my list, but pretty high up there is I'd really like to build like a, a Guadin, you know, the gun the Xeon capital ship. Um, oh wow. 
Yeah, I thought it was a great design. I'm not sure what scale. You know, I'd really like something that's large and really had a lot of detail to it. You know, it's a great looking capital ship, and I think that'd be a lot of fun. Outside of that, I'd like to build like almost a kit bashed mobile suit. The setting for it would be that it's like uh, like how Neo Zeon and Zeon had so many remnant forces on Earth. You know, this was a remnant force that just sort of cobbled together this monster of a mobile suit. And they just slapped on anything they could find and salvage. May, there might even be some Federation stuff on there. Um, but they made it look both salvage and Zeonic at the same time. So it's not just this monster, you know, transformer that got assembled by a bunch of machines that they just slapped together. But it's... It's very in my head. It looks great. It looks monstrous and great. <laughs> <laughs> what What would you use as the base? Do you have any idea? I'm kind of on the fence between would it look better having like sort of a Zaku head or or a, a Dom head, but one yeah. or the other. It doesn't really make sense to me that it would have any other head, just because those were those molds were produced in such high quantities by Xeon, and um, it's more likely that they survive to the end of the war than anything else. Outside of that, um, I'd also like to do sort of a regular mobile suit, space type, um, maybe a Gelgoog. I'm open to Gelgoog, but it could be a Zaku space type or a Dom space type. And it would have a maybe the only instance of Xeon developing a sort of a backpack armor kit, um, maybe like a proto dendrobium. Um, mm. If you remember that from Double Eighty Three. Oh, yeah, and of course. My theory. Or at least a possible theory that you could conjecture that you could uh, you could assume is the truth, is we just see the dendrobium get built and just launch. Not we don't even see it get built, right? We just see it get sort of handed off to GP3 almost at the end of Double Eighty Three, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the last four or five episodes for sure. Yeah. My theory is once again that's something Anaheim stole from Xeon or at least, <laughs> you know developed in in tandem with Xeon and the whole time uh, Zimmond or Xeonic had built a, a backpack unit almost on that scale but obviously looking much more Xeonic than a uh, Federation so yeah there was one of those in my head cannon flying around at about coup doing its best <laughs> <laughs> but of course it was blown out of space <laughs> it was it would be, be one of those cool-looking things that just isn't massive and a bunch of missile pods and cannons and lasers and stuff like that, boosters. You, you, you may like the Zaku high-mobility type from Gundam Thunderbolt. Have you seen that one? Is it all black? Is it the black one? Uh, No, it is a red one. Oh, no, I don't think I've seen it. Let me pull it up. Oh, It has a backpack, let me tell you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> wow that is good lord yeah that's a backpack <laughs> or you asked for a uh a backpack with the with the zaku it's called the psycho zaku the psycho zaku look there's a master grade 100 wow. bucks folks that thing is look at that booster holy cow god it looks great though doesn't it it looks pretty I, good i yeah. even like the colors you don't see your red and orange too much in in any uh model yeah, and look, you'd have to get those. See those little thruster nozzles on the backpack? Yeah, you would yeah. Definitely have to paint those metallic gold, just like they they do in these pictures. They're probably not molded in, no. in metallic gold. I'm sure they're molded in a dull orange oh, or something. Cool. It even has a stand. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool, right? 
That's pretty awesome, yeah. But mine would dwarf this <laughs> <laughs> in my head. But yeah, I don't know how I'd build it. I have to kit bash a lot of things, but it'd be pretty awesome. I've always assumed that you would want to build a, a model of the Navzeal. Hmm. See, okay, the issue with that is I've only known of Noya Zeals that were pretty small sized, right? High yeah, grades, high grades I don't at think max. they make. I yeah. mean, it's so big; they're never gonna make like a one one hundredth yeah. scale. Although so, that'd be super cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's doable, but I would I would almost be not so much kit bashing at that point, but building a model from the the ground up. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty difficult. I'd, I'd be warp. Yeah, I'd be warping plastic and then vacuum molding, I guess, or three D printing, in order to get the Noya Zeal to look like the Noya Zeal. I wonder if yeah. Maybe there's like a bootleg you can buy. There is one version of it, but it's a 550th scale, which is... Oh, God. Yeah. I wonder how it's much a, it would cost if they made a master grade. It's a micro machine at that point. Yeah. <laughs> that for, our, cool, uh, for all our uh, Gen Z <laughs> listeners, a micro machine is a small diecast car <laughs> that was commonly found at the uh, check stand of grocery stores <laughs> during the 90s. It was a toy for small children. <laughs> Yeah, I like the Noya Zeal. Dare I say, Brian, the Noya Zeal was peak mobile armor and peak, well, old type piloting skill design? I mean... I can get on board with that. It gave you bits without needing you to be a new type. The Zeal definitely, I think, was my favorite mobile armor. It just yeah. had, like, this sleekness to it. I don't know how else to describe it. I guess it was... There was nothing wrong with that design. Nothing yeah. was out of place. It also looks apart from most mobile armors, probably because I assume the Axis Xeon built it all themselves and they didn't have help from Zimmond or Xeonic. It, it looks completely different than most mobile armors because most mobile armors, let's face it, they're pretty bulky and, you know, they're sort of little fat flying beetles spaceships, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the Noya Zeal was just so slender and had an elegance to it. It was like a a green kind of flying predator ghost. Yeah, it was that's, that's a perfect way to describe yeah, it. Yeah. It's just just haunts you and kills you and Yeah. Very menacing. Man, good lord. What would a group of mass produced Noya Zeals be able to do, right? They could probably right. destroy mobile suits in large scales. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean he he was pretty much uncontested there at the end if it wasn't for uh old Ko Uraki getting yeah, his actually, way. Dare I say it wasn't Ko, it was the solar system. The only answer to Anoya Zeal is the solar system. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because they did fire on him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's that's, that's the only way to take out Anoya Zeal. You got to set up a solar system and hope he gets in front of it. Otherwise, we're screwed. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast, Calling You Drop, a Gundam podcast. We appreciate your listening and your support. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on YouTube, Podbean. Where else can they find us, Brian? Yeah, listeners can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Stitcher. And in the meantime, leave us a comment. What are your favorite models? Do you have any suggestions for new modelers, experienced modelers? Let us know. If you don't like, comment, or subscribe, we'll deploy the solar system and destroy you. (laughs) (laughs) And Isaac will fire it. He's been waiting to fire it for 20 years. Fire the solar system! (laughs) Tune in next time for our next episode. Could be on anything, listeners. 
could be on models again could be on anime series what if it was about a what if (gasps) you mean (laughs) as in like what if things went different in the one-year war at different points of time what if 